Hi everyone, welcome to Huddle Home Office. I'm Mark Legere. I sat down for a meeting with a colleague recently, and we realized it was the first time in weeks we'd met face-to-face. Our interactions had all been through phone calls and video meetings, emails and text messages. We sat across the table with a protective clear plastic shield between us. I moved my chair over a couple of feet, so I was no longer looking through the shield. Is this okay? I asked. With the shield, it feels like one of us is visiting the other in prison. Of course, she said. We just need to be six feet apart. We proceeded to have a vibrant, productive chat and identified issues and solutions to problems in the business that needed to be resolved. We had breakthrough moments that just hadn't happened in video meetings and phone calls or emails. We have all spent the last year learning about the value of remote work. People don't have long commutes. They can often be more productive without many of the distractions of the office. They can arrange their work days in ways that make sense for them, like working from home if they have a sick child. I'm a social chatterbox in the workplace, so the pandemic has taught me something about the value of working from home and being more productive by cutting down on office chit-chat. But I'm tired of video calls, too much screen time, and have a renewed appreciation for the value of formal and casual in-person office interactions. I talk a lot about this issue with my guest on this week's episode, Alan Lau, the co-founder and CEO of Wattpad, a digital publishing and entertainment platform with headquarters in both Toronto and Halifax. The company has 90 million monthly users, and stories on its platform have been published as books and turned into shows and movies for companies like Netflix and Hulu. It was recently acquired by a South Korean company for more than $600 million US, but it remains committed to growing the Halifax headquarters, which was established more than a year ago and currently employs around 20 people. Lau and I talk a lot about the balance of remote and office work as we emerge from the pandemic and the need to travel again to see clients and employees in person, not just on video calls. He's been working at his Toronto home for too long, he says, and is eager to fly again and get back into his office downtown. After 15 months working in my basement nonstop, he says, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm dying to hop on a plane. Wattpad's downtown Toronto office employs around 200 people, and it's been closed since the early days of the pandemic. It's been another year of accelerated growth for the company, but Lau says a largely remote workforce isn't part of the long-term plan because we're all social creatures, he says. So while they don't have an office space in Halifax because of the pandemic, it's still a part of the plan. He says it will likely be at Volta, a downtown innovation hub with co-working spaces and offices for companies like Wattpad. He anticipates people working from home two or three days a week and coming into the office to socialize and collaborate. Lau says Halifax has the right set of characteristics that complement the big city Toronto office. It gives them the flexibility to recruit people that want to be in a large urban environment or a smaller one like Halifax with its shorter commutes, lifestyle, and relatively lower living costs. It's a true second headquarters, he says, not a secondary or back office operation. Having big city and small city options makes it easier to find the right person for a job, he says, wherever that person is or chooses to locate. Atlanta, Canada could use more outside companies that recognize this advantage to setting up an office here. As an employee, I certainly recognize the advantage of working in a small city for a company that has already embraced a hybrid work culture. There's an easy fluidity between my home office and work because they're so close to each other. I usually get up in the morning and do a little work after the kids go to school, then pack up for the 10-minute walk to the office on the days I'm working from there. It also turns out I can make up for my organizational shortcomings 
and not miss a meeting I suddenly remember if I'm in the middle of a subway ride to the office. One day last week, I was heading out the door and heard an alarm on my phone for the start of a video call. Oops, forgot about that meeting, I realized. I dropped my bag, pulled out my laptop in my home office, and quickly jumped on the call. They had no expectations of me being at the office, so I acted like I was awaiting their call. And no one is any the wiser, until they hear that story, of course. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Alan. Hi, Alan. Hi, Mark. How are you doing today? Good, good, good. Uh, thanks for inviting me. <laughs> I'm so thrilled you could join me. So tell me, where are you today? Yeah, I'm in Toronto. Uh, uh, the well, podcast is audio only, but uh, uh, Mark can see my uh, my office. Uh, but uh, uh, this is uh, my office in my basement. Uh, I try to decorate is uh, more like a, a, a real office. Uh, this is uh, one of the new normal that, uh, during or after the pandemic, I guess. Right. So you're working out of home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Are, are you in downtown Toronto or are you in the suburbs? Where are you? Uh, the, the, act, the real office, like before the pandemic, uh, uh, is in downtown Toronto. I live in like, midtown Toronto, but it's only a 20, 25 minute subway ride to the office. It's uh, pretty close. Right. And are you getting back into the office now? Or are you still mostly working from home? Uh, well, uh, in, in Ontario, uh, it's still uh, technically dur during lockdown right now. If um, the uh, everyone is still working from home, uh, that being said, uh, I uh, as a, as a city, as a province, and as a country, in terms of vaccination, we are doing really well. The number of cases are dropping like a stone. So um, I'm quite confident uh, we can reopen uh, very soon. Exactly how soon, uh, we, we don't know yet, uh, but I'm, I'm absolutely looking forward to that. Right, because how many people would you have in your downtown office? We have, uh, we would have uh, roughly 200 people right now. Uh, so we, we grew quite, quite a bit. Uh, we, uh, I think uh, when we locked down, we had 170 employees, uh, with, of which about 150 in Toronto. Uh, and now I think Toronto alone, we have uh, 200 people uh, and maybe 230-ish uh, uh, globally, uh, including uh, Toronto and, uh, and Halifax. Well, I, I, uh, before we get down to talking about um, you know, Wattpad and the growth of the company and, and also then your, your expansion into Halifax, I, I'd love to get a sense of your own personal background. Uh, where you come from. Uh, I understand that you, you grew up in Hong Kong. Can you tell me a little bit about that? That's right. Uh, yeah, um, I grew up in Hong Kong. Uh, my um, grandparents uh, on my mother's side, they, uh, they uh, pretty much everyone uh, moved to Canada, moved to Toronto in the 70s. So um, my family, uh, uh, we were the last holdout. Uh, so in the late 80s, uh, we we moved here. Um, I was uh, 19 years old at that time, maybe, maybe a few weeks before 19 years old when I landed on, on Toronto. Uh, I finished high school in, in Hong Kong and I entered university at that time. So um, I got my engineering degree from U of T, got my master's degree from U of T and have been living here 
in Toronto ever since. Uh, so uh, I spent most of my life in in Canada now. So uh, uh, time wise, I'm more Canadian than than a Hong Konger culturally. That definitely more Canadian than than a Hong Konger. But uh, I I would still say bicultural is my superpower. <laughs> And can you tell me a little bit about your family background in in Hong Kong? What did your parents do when they were there? What was your childhood like? Yeah, um, both my parents work for uh, the bank. Uh, uh, they they work for one of the largest uh, banks in in Hong Kong. So um, uh, I would say not a very entrepreneurial background, at least on surface. However, I would say uh, uh, my late father uh, started uh, uh, had a side hustle on on the side um, uh, a couple of side hustles I, I was I was quite young back then so I sometimes uh, uh, follow him to his uh, uh, side hustle office uh, during the, the weekend a very tiny office and uh, maybe maybe that's how I caught that entrepreneurial bug uh, but uh, generally speaking not a super super entrepreneurial uh, family um, and then uh, after we uh, we moved here they, they also work for uh, large corporations so uh, in a way I'm the the, the oddball in, in, in the family <laughs> well, what, what, what were his side hustles uh, he started uh, um, I think three different companies uh, one is a trading company one is a alarm system company uh, like helping other companies set up you know, um, office alarms and stuff like that. Uh, um, so these are the two that I that I remember. So uh, yeah. I think side hustle is, has always been a, a thing <laughs> in the family. Yeah, so you were like a, a little boy uh, uh, kind of watching him develop these side businesses. So you, you did, when you came to Canada, you decided to study engineering how did that lead to your own entrepreneurial path yeah it's a, a in- interesting story um i i was very good at physics and, and math uh, um so um my goal uh, as a teenager maybe 15 16 17 years old my, my goal was to become a rocket scientist uh, and and work for nasa and uh, uh but you know um when we immigrated here my my father reminded me one thing you know as a canadian as a new immigrant um uh, working for uh the us government you know as you know nasa is a uh, um uh, funded by us government you know easiest said than done uh so um uh yeah i think he, he was right uh, i i became a little bit more pragmatic and uh, uh, by that time um, I had two interests uh, one uh, two interests uh, one, one is computers computers started to personal computers started to, to take off uh, and uh, uh, telecommunication especially the wireless communication started to take off at, at that time so both became my interests um, and uh, uh, keep a long story short uh, um, uh, after I graduated, uh, my ma- I got my master degree. After getting my master degree, um, IBM gave me a very good offer. And uh, uh, in the early nineties, uh, uh, I'm sure many of you remember, it was during a deep, deep, deep recession in Canada. Uh, and and being 
able to get to to get a, a very good offer from one of the largest uh, technology companies in the world. Um, you know, hard to say no to this. So I joined IBM, but uh, really, pretty much. Uh, instantly, I knew uh, on day one and day two, I knew large company would not be my 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 thing. So um, uh, um, that's when I I figure out, yeah, bet, better work for a smaller company and perhaps become an entrepreneur. Even though that term wasn't quite resonating in in my mind at that time. And, and so, what were your your early business ventures? Because I know you did things before you did um, Wattpad. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, uh, maybe tie it back to to IBM. It was a very short stint, and then I joined uh, a company called Darina. Uh, at that time, it was a very tiny company. I think when I joined, it was maybe a hundred people. Uh, but three years later, um, it became one of the top ten PC software companies in in the world. Uh, it was one of the legendary. Uh, technology companies in in Canada at that time, and it was uh, got acquired by Symantec for close to half a billion dollars at that time, right? So, in today's terminology, definitely a unicorn um, in today's dollar value. And uh, witness the company grew from a hundred to seven hundred people within like three years. I did not even have a desk when I first joined the company. I was sharing a desk with the with another person because the company was growing so fast. There, there was not enough time to even buy a desk for me. I, so uh, sharing desk for for um, <laughs> for a month. <laughs> uh, so that was a life-changing experience. I've never experienced anything growing this fast, right? Seven times in literally a thousand days, right? Think about this. Uh, so um, that, in in a way, is um, life changing. Few years for me, uh, and when the Darina founders started a venture capital, um, I joined them in the late nineties and in uh, 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 year two thousand. Um, uh, be- because it's not just a typical uh, venture capital; it's it's a incubator and a venture capital. So. Um, in uh, uh, it's called Bryce Park, uh, still exists today, but as today is mainly focused on just uh, investment, but there's no incubation. But at that time, I joined the incubator within Bryce Park, and that's where I started my first company. Uh, it's called Tira Wireless, and uh, you know, uh, as you can see, heavily influenced by uh, uh, many successful entrepreneurs early in my career, and I'm I'm super grateful for that. And how did that eventually lead you to creating Wattpad? What was Wattpad's kind of origin story? What was the seed of the idea? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, within Brightspark, I started um, uh, a company called Tira. Uh, I was the CTO and co-founder of Tira. Uh, I'll spare you the detail of Tira. Uh, long story short, Tira is a mobile gaming company, but there's one tiny secret. Uh, you know, my my good friends would know. I. I don't play games. You know, I have an Xbox that I I think I played only a few times. Uh, so I, I wasn't super passionate about gaming. I was very passionate about the mobile side, but not the gaming side. So in my spare time, I started uh, a side hustle, right? I learned from my my father, uh, um, my late father, uh, uh, started a side project to keep me excited. And uh, if you look at my media consumption, uh, I don't, uh, at least I did not 
watch a lot of TV at that time. I, I read after dinner. That's how I spend my time. So my first idea was, why don't I combine my uh, two passions, like reading and also like mobile. I love gadgets. So let's combine the two. Let's build a mobile reading app for the uh, for the device that you carry all the time. However, you have to remember this is like year 2002. The most popular phone at that time is the Candy Bar Nokia phone. For those younger people, you probably have never seen it. Uh, Google it, Nokia, Candy Bar Nokia phone, you would see, you, you would notice that uh, the, the screen size is so small, you could not even come uh, uh, reading uh, a complete sentence. You have to scroll uh, halfway through a sentence, right? So uh, when I built, after I built the prototype, I instantly know, no, no one will use this. To read a paragraph, you have to click the down arrow a million times. Uh, so I parked that idea. And then fast forward to year 2006, um, uh, the most popular phone at the time was the Motorola Razr, the, the flip phone. Uh, well, uh, for some of the younger folks, uh, you probably have used this phone for, from your parents. Uh, but if you don't know what that is, Google it. Uh, Google flip phone <laughs> Motorola and you, you'll be able to see it. So instead of three lines well. of text, <laughs> yeah, so instead of three lines of text, you can read 10 lines of text now. It's three text, three X improvements. So I thought timing is right. Let me resurrect this idea. Time, I, I think uh, uh, I can make it big. And then um, a very good friend of mine, his name is Ivan. Uh, Ivan Yuan, now he's my uh, Wattpad co-founder. He instant messaged me. Uh, that's what he said. Hey, Alan, I'm working on a new product idea. Uh, here's the link. Can you give me some feedback? When I click on that link, guess what I saw? He was also working on a mobile reading app for the flip phone. Uh, however, he was one step uh, ahead of me. Uh, he also built a website where people can easily, freely share their stories uh, on uh, a text-based stories on that website. And then you can read that uh, on, on your mobile phone or uh, on the website. So uh, as you can see, this uh, uh, if you know Wattpad, yes, uh, you would notice that this is like the predecessor of Wattpad. So um, uh, uh, when I saw that prototype, uh, I instantly flew to like Vancouver. Ivan was living in Vancouver back then, flew there. We met at the airport and I guess the rest is history. So, so those were kind of the the, the foundation, uh, I guess, the foundation period for for the company. How how did it start to grow from there? Yeah. So uh, um, we uh, uh, it was two thousand six. Uh, so just to uh, give the uh, uh, everyone the the, the context, two thousand six. I talk about the phone, but uh, um, it was a year before iPhone came out two years before Android came out, uh, Kindle did not exist. Uh, Kindle launched a year after uh, uh, after we built the prototype the, on, on the Razer phone. Uh, User-generated content was a brand new concept. Uh, YouTube just launched a, a, a year ago at that time, a year before that. Uh, Facebook had 50 million users. Even Facebook was a startup back then, had maybe 100 people in the company back then. So it's, it's, uh, it, it was a very different world. It's a long way to say um, uh, at that time when we launched, 
we we aimed very high. We thought we could attract a million users, but uh, a year later, in two thousand seven, uh, towards the end of like two thousand seven, we attracted maybe a thousand users. You know, we missed by we were spot on, except that we missed by a few zeros. <laughs> so uh, uh, a big part of that um, now, when we look back, uh, uh, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, the idea wasn't wrong. The idea was right. But a lot of the infrastructure, the enabler, the foundation that we uh, that we had to rely on, like very good, uh, uh, very capable mobile, mobile devices that you can read comfortably, uh, mobile data plan, ubiquitous uh, mobile internet that didn't exist, um, and uh, smartphone did not exist except for BlackBerry. Um, culturally, people don't share content on the internet yet at that time, right? So a lot of those enablers uh, did not exist, but slowly and surely became reality in the following few years. Uh, I think when we first started in 2006, we saw that. We saw that those building blocks would be there uh, and uh, we, we were right. But I would also say it took a few years. Remember, that, uh, even in Canada, uh, only 2010 or 2009, when iPhone and the App Store became a reality, right? So the first few years was very challenging for us because we, we didn't get much traction, uh, even though we, we, we know that the idea was right. But it took a long time before the, the, the traffic took off and then finally took off um, in, in 2009, almost like two and a half years, three years after we started the company. Right. And why do you think it started to take off at that point? Uh, a lot of the building blocks were, were there uh, that I just mentioned, but uh, there's one thing very crucial. And and for, for, for those who may not uh, uh, fully understand what WordPad is, maybe, maybe uh, I think, let, let me spend 30 seconds to explain what that is then, because, because it's related to why it, it takes off. Um, uh, Wattpad today is a global multi-platform entertainment company. We have an app that lets people discover and share stories, stories from science fiction to romance and everything in between. We mainly focus on fiction. Uh, and we have over 90 million monthly users using the app today, and of which about uh, 5 million are writers, and they share over a million chapters in 50 languages every day on the platform. And uh, uh, because of the huge amount of content and data, we would be able to pick the best stories on our platform with built-in audience, many of them read by a million people, loved by a million people, and then we take them off the platform and turn them into TV shows, movies, and, and, and print books. So um, it's a you know, global multi-platform storytelling and entertainment company, but the foundation is a community of uh, readers and writers uh, uh, that connect both readers and writers and let them read and share stories. And in the early days, without any writers sharing their stories, they would, be, they would have nothing to read. And if, when there's no reader on the platform, there's no incentive for the writers to share anything. It's a chicken egg problem. So we, we have to like, bootstrap uh, the, the, the readership and the content uh, simultaneously. And, and 
there's one big enemy to this problem. It's time. It takes time. So um, uh, other than the you know mobile phones, mo uh, mobile data, uh, social network, all those user-generated content, one biggest enemy that we face at that time is it took the time for people to start sharing the content. And uh, once we see the first piece of content, then uh, we started to attract the readers and some readers would tell their friends, hey, come here and check out the, this piece, the, this story. And then once we have more audience, uh, uh, some of the readers would tell other people, hey, this is a site uh, where, where you can share share your stories. And one writer became two, two became four, and then it just went viral. And, and you know, and now, you know, as I talk to you, um, listeners can't see this, but I can see in your background, uh, movie posters um, mm -hmm. connected to to the company, the growth of the company, turning of the written product on Wattpad into TV and film. Can you can you mm -hmm. tell me about some of those success stories and how you were able to build those connections between the writing platform and then and then uh, mm -hmm. you know, TV and film production? Yeah. Now, one, one thing that we are very, very different than other uh, movie studio is that we have, we have a lot of data. Uh, the, the stories on our platform that we pick, uh, then we, we, we turn them into movies and TV shows out of a million uploads. You know, we cannot make a million movies every day, right? But we, we, uh, today we have a, about a hundred projects going on simultaneously on five continents. Uh, but why we pick them? It's not because I like it. It's not because my, my employees or my staff like it. It's because they love by a million readers. So, uh, and not only we, we have the building fan base of those, uh, top IPs or top content IPs or intellectual properties on, on our platform. Uh, in addition to the building audience, we also have the data because I, I know chapter one, chapter five, and chapter seven, but chapter seven, only the, the first two paragraphs are resonating with the readers. And I know exactly why, because that's what the 200,000 comments are telling me. So uh, with that data and insights, we, uh, when we turn those uh, stories into movies or TV shows, we, or print books, you know, we can, uh, uh, the, the editors and the screenwriters, they know what to, what to keep and what to throw away. And, uh, for those who are in the movie business would know turning a book into a movie is easier said than done because you have to cut out like 80%, 90% of the content. You have to only have 90 minutes or 120 minutes to uh, to tell maybe two chapter worth of story, but which two chapters? How would you know? That's why in the past a lot of the movie adaptation people would come. Oh, I really like the book, but how come the movie is so unfulfilling? My that scene, how could they cut this? Because the the screenwriter they don't have the audience data, they don't have the analytics, right? But we do. And, uh, and it turns out, um, with the data, we can drastically increase the success rates of those movies because it's fact driven, fact based, uh, data driven. And, uh, some of the examples behind me, unfortunately, the, uh, the audience cannot see, um, uh, light as a feather, uh, is, uh, uh, is a Hulu show that 
got 10 Emmy nominations. Uh, uh, directly behind me is a show, uh, uh, one of the top shows, if not the number one in Indonesia, streaming in uh, Indonesia uh, today uh, uh, in the local language. And uh, the other two posters are the... Um, uh, the after franchise uh, after and after we collided uh, there are four more movies coming out so six movies in total uh, the two that we already released they were uh, opening number one in multiple countries uh, number one on iTunes number one on Netflix uh, uh, people choice uh, what winner uh, and uh, uh, um, many accolades, uh, you know, uh, but th these are just some examples. As I mentioned, there are a hundred projects, close to a hundred projects going on simultaneously uh, today. So if I'm going to understand the way the platform works, so you, you, you have the writing platform, um, but do you, do you, in all cases, are you also a production studio or do sometimes things get also picked up by other, other studios that develop them? So what, what's the, the connection between the storytelling platform and then the producing of the TV shows and films. Yeah, very, very good question. Um, it's uh, all, all over the map, uh, but for the most part, we we partner with somebody else because the the um, the most unique value that we provide is not the camera. The most unique value that we provide is the data, the data and and insights, and of course, the built-in audiences is something that nobody else has. So when the movie comes out, as one of the producers, um, we we bring three things to the table. Number one, uh, as I mentioned, is the uh, content itself, because we know that this already has a huge fan base. Number two is the adaptation process, which I also talk about. Uh, we make adaptation awesome because of all the insight and data. And uh, number three, when the movie comes out, we can also promote and market the movie back to our 90 million monthly users. Go watch the movie on Netflix or go to the theater uh, and, and watch it. Uh, very, very targeted marketing is something that we can also do. So we, we focus on these three things and uh, there are people who can uh, uh, hold the camera uh, way better than anybody else. Uh, there are people who, um, like Netflix, who has the largest uh, streaming platform. We want to leverage that as well. Uh, so um, it's through uh, very complementary partnership mostly. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, increasingly there there are also movies that are more involved in in the production as well. So uh, for example, there's a movie um, that we are working on called Float. Uh, uh, with uh, uh, Robert Amir uh, and uh, uh, partnering with uh, um, other mo movie studios uh, called Collective to to work together to to turn this into an amazing movie. Uh, it, it's it sounds like a, a, a thrilling journey for you in terms of you know marrying your interest in in storytelling with your interest in in analytics. Uh, it sound it sounds perfect in terms of your own passions. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, uh, it's not just the right brain. It's not just the left brain. It's, uh, they have to be connected, and uh, that's kind of makes it more uh, um, uh, very fascinating because uh, we are at the intersection of technology and and media, and these two uh, sectors or t these two industries uh, traditionally they are more separated. Uh, 
That being said, if you look at the the, the, the trends in the past 10 years, uh, technology companies are no longer only focused on technology uh, or technology uh, technology products uh, or services anymore. Now, pretty much uh, cross sector, across all the sectors, everyone has to u- utilize that technology to to enable the business and take the uh, business to the next level. Uh, technology is becoming a very horizontal disruptor and uh, enabler for almost every industry. So you, you've had a obviously a, a fast-growing company over the last decade, uh, but the year, the last year and a half, have been especially busy. Uh, so I wanted to turn to first to your decision to open another headquarters in Halifax, and and what was behind that um, decision to do that? Yeah, so um, we we have been. F- very fast growing for um, uh, uh, many years. Uh, um, in the last ten years, it was every year was uh, was a record year. <laughs> There's no no, no, uh, no slow growth year in in, in the past decade. Um, uh, but we um, at the end of the day, uh, just like many businesses, we. It's a people business. We talent is the most important thing to drive growth. And uh, what we have discovered is in hiring uh, talents increasingly difficult in Toronto. Um, the uh, uh, one of the reasons is uh, you know we we got this from uh, uh, some of our employees. Uh, they uh, they were telling me. Um, Two three years ago, you know, uh, it's getting so expensive, uh, and when they um, uh, when they want uh, some some of our, uh, some of our employees are they have a young family, and when when they uh, want to have kids, um, it's just very hard to find the space in Toronto, in downtown Toronto. And uh, if they want more space, they have to move to the suburb, and uh, that's a two hour commute uh, one way. Uh, that's four hours gone or three hours gone in a day. So um, uh, for us to attract the best talent, we, we start to recognize that many of them, they may or may not want to live in the city. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, uh, it's not either or. Um, uh, a lot of people uh, still want to live in a metropolitan. But if you look at Canada, half the population is uh, outside of uh, um, metro uh, uh like downtown Toronto, downtown Montreal, downtown Vancouver, right? Uh, so how can we expand uh, our nets to attract more talent? So uh, the second headquarter became uh, a concept uh, like two years ago uh, to help us le- like double our, our nets, the size of the nets, let's double the size. So um, we set some criteria for ourselves. We know that... Uh, if we want to hire people living uh, not in a big city, then of course we have to look for uh, a smaller city. Uh, half a million to a million would be the sweet spot. Um, it's not too small that we uh, 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 that we have to build the ecosystem from ground up. We um, we want to have a, a perhaps a, a a bit smaller than Toronto tech ecosystem, but we we need that to 
to be able to hire people, but also not as as large as Toronto. That's that's the whole point, right? right. So um, uh, the uh, real estate, for example, cost of living. I, I should say, no, I shouldn't say real estate. Real cost of living has to be much lower than than Toronto, because that's the reason why people want to move, and and uh, that's another reason. And there are a few other considerations, um, but these are the main two the two main uh, reasons. And uh, Halifax is the perfect solution. It's uh, 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 under a million people, uh, cost of living relatively slower, uh, lower. Uh, even if you don't live in downtown Halifax, the commute is like 15 minutes. Like 20 minute commute, people will laugh at you. Why, why are you you living so far away from Halifax? So, so it's, uh, and, and I've been to Halifax many times. I love it. I, I, it's a very, very good, nice place to live, a very good quality of life and all those factors. And, and last but not least, very close to Toronto. I can, uh, hop onto the plane in the morning in Toronto, spend a day in Halifax and still come home for dinner, maybe late dinner, but um, come home for dinner. So uh, um, in the same time zone, you know, plus one, I consider that's the same time zone. So for collaboration, it's so much easier. You know, I, I can I, I can go on and on and on. There's, I love Halifax so much that uh, I, I can spend a whole hour to talk about the advantages. But uh, I, I think these are the main reasons. So uh, there we go. We we uh, we we announced uh, um, uh, in two thousand December two thousand nineteen and have our first employee in Halifax uh, in different the first week of March, 2020, and uh, perfect timing, right? One week before the lockdown, we have the first employee, <laughs> but uh, we've been growing like crazy in, in Halifax still. Everyone is working from home. Uh, in a way, uh, the lockdown um, has made uh, the Halifax office a little bit easier. You know, it's always difficult when you have opened up a new office when you have already have critical mass elsewhere. In, in like in Toronto, but because everyone is remote, you, know, you don't feel like you are different. Uh, if I don't tell you, you you wouldn't know I'm from Toronto or Halifax or anywhere else anymore. So in a way, it, uh, it, it, it's helping us to grow uh, the Halifax team. And in terms, how big is the Halifax office now in terms of the number of people and what kinds of jobs are they doing? We... Um, we uh, about uh, we have about uh, twenty people in Halifax right now, so I'm very very happy with the progress. Uh, we st- remember a year ago it was close to zero, right? So zero to twenty in a year, um, very very happy with the progress. And uh, even what makes me happier is not uh, um, is cross. Uh, so many different departments. I think we have five different departments, if I'm not mistaken, from uh, from engineering to product to uh, product management. I, I that's what I meant. Uh, um, marketing, HR, and community wellness uh, across a wide spectrum. This is uh, how fast we can become so uh, so broad as uh, also surprised me in a, in a good way. Uh, that speaks to the, the talent uh, and the thesis that we had. Uh, you know, we, we never wanted to be uh, 
the Halifax office or Halifax HQ to be uh, an office uh, of a single department. We wanted to mirror what we have in Toronto. We wanted to be um, uh, um, true equal, and and we uh, somewhat achieved that right now. Great. Do you have plans to open a physical office? Are you finding that the having people work remote uh, through the pandemic is is the way of the future for you there? A very good question. Um, I uh, when when the pandemic started, a lot of companies uh, say, "Oh, uh, uh, remote is working so well. Uh, we we could go all remote, especially for." Uh, tech or digital companies, you know, I'm sure you, you have heard a lot of them, uh, at least uh, some of them saying that. Uh, I have a very different opinion. Um, uh, looks like it turned out to be uh, to be true. Uh, and um, my opinion is we are all uh, social creatures. While you can be very, very productive working in the office, uh, working at home, the it's impossible to build a, a good relationship, strong relationship. And for uh, this business, it's about technology and media. Both requires a lot of collaboration. Without that trust and relationship, impossible to build a very strong team. You can get by by working from home for uh, everyone working from home for a period of time, but that's not going to be um productive in the long term. So I, I truly believe that we, we need to be become a hybrid company and, and take the best of the both worlds. Like, let's face it, working from home without commutes, without talking to anyone, you can be very focused, but you cannot do this 365 days per, per year. So uh, uh, we are going to have an office. Uh, most likely will be at Volta, uh, that's what's the original plan. And I, uh, when uh, the, the the city and the province is reopened, when it's, we are safe to do so, we probably will, will, will go there and, and take it from there. We'll do it one step at, at a time. And in a way, it, it works out because we truly expect people would be spending maybe three days at home or four days at home and only go to the office for collaboration and meetings and socializing and building relationship of grab a coffee or ice cream, right? Uh, so uh, a co-working space like Volta in downtown Halifax is, is the perfect solution for now, at least. You know, it's a, it's a beautiful space. It's a great collaborative space. It's very social. Mm-hmm. It's right downtown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I, I mean, I would, I would echo that too, is, is, you know, with our own company over, over the last year, um, you know, I only, I'm a five minute walk <laughs> in terms of my commute to work. Um, <laughs> And, uh, but, but I think what we're all finding after a year is there's great advantages to the remote work and there's great advantages to working from home in terms of focus, in terms of mm-hmm. offering flexibility to people. But I, but I would, but I would agree. Like I, I've come back into the office here myself just because I need that, that socialization in addition to, you know, the focus that I might get from being in my home office all the time. So mm-hmm. I think what you're saying, I think a lot of people would probably echo now. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, if you ask any like frequent business traveler, uh, they always cringe like, I'm on the plane again, really. But uh, after like 15 months or 18 months of working in my basement nonstop, uh, I can't believe I'm I'm saying this, but I'm saying this. I I'm dying to hop onto a plane. <laughs> <laughs> and so, in, in the middle of this uh, 
transition into Halifax and, uh, and, and then the pandemic hits and then the company gets acquired. So mm-hmm. to tell me, tell me how, how that transpired and came about. Yeah, it's um, uh, very, very interesting timing. Um, uh, the the one of the uh, of, of course the pandemic is uh, um, negatively in, uh, uh, impacting everyone's life. Um, uh, however, from purely from in the business context, and especially uh, Wattpad is a digital media company when people have more time at home or uh, in a way be, being locked down at home has nothing else to do. Uh, they cannot go out and play tennis, right? Uh, so they have more spare time. And what do they do? Stare at their digital devices more than pre-pandemic. So a long way to say the um, the traffic, the engagement, you know, every number that we look at literally grew by 30 to 50% uh, uh, overnight in in, in last, uh, last, uh, in March, uh, 2020. So, um, the, 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 the business got a step function growth, uh, because of the pandemic, uh, and at the same time, because of the growth, um, we, we, the demand for, for original content is getting higher. Demand for stories is getting higher. And especially uh, during the pandemic, um, a lot of people like uh, go through depression and, and, and stuff like that. And, and we are providing a very important service to, to help people um, to feel belong. You know, they, they, uh, reading a story on Wattpad uh, uh, with a million people together and you can see the comments is it, actually uh, helping a, a lot of people going through that hum. Uh, so um, uh, because of that, in, in, in a way, um, uh, the, the acquisition came very naturally because of the growth in traffic and the uh, desire to to leverage that that growth and 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 further turbocharge the the growth. Um, so uh, we um, we we started talking to Naver, uh, our acquirer. Uh, in case you don't know, is one of the largest internet companies in the world, but um, the the presence mainly in Asia. So it's not a household name in, in North America. But Naver is very, very large, uh, and especially interesting uh, is uh, Naver has a division called Webtoon. It's a digital comic uh, division, and uh, the business is virtually identical to Wattpad, except that they focus on comic. We focus on fiction. So, uh, in a way, when, when uh, we knew them for 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 a few years, but when we started talking, it's like Instantly, we know it's a it's a match made in heaven because the similarities in the business. I don't have to explain to them what we do. It's almost like within milliseconds, they already know what we do uh, in detail, like operationally and, and vice versa. Uh, so, um, if you look at the entertainment industry, uh, we. Wattpad as a standalone company, we we are in a very fortunate position that we we are by far the the number um, 
number one, uh, in fact, uh, the uh, almost the, the the clear winner is in a winner take all market uh, like uh, uh, a platform that connects readers and, and writers. Where where the the, the winner. Uh, 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 in in that sector, and Webtoon is also the the winner in that sector. So the combination we have two platforms that we own end to end. The um, the simpler way to explain is the combination. The size of the audience double. We have ninety million. Webtoon has seventy million. The the combination is one hundred sixty million. Double the size of the audience. The top IPs on our platform bring together the, the two catalogs, uh, also doubled overnight. And uh, uh, even more importantly, uh, the top IPs on the web Wattpad platform, now we can adapt to comics and animation. They have that capability. And the top IPs on their platform can be novelized and turned into movies and TV shows. Uh, so. Uh, that progress, uh, we can buy many years of uh, uh, of time by combining the two businesses. So it 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 actually makes a lot of sense. And then in 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 terms of uh, you know Halifax's place in all this, you, there you know there can be a tendency to think, oh, you know, large company buys out another company. Um, it'll affect the way that company operates. You know, maybe they'll decide not to go ahead with that. Halifax office. So there's all those natural feelings that communities will have. And so it was very heartening to learn that your commitment to Halifax is just as strong as it was before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, as strong as before, if, uh, if, if not the, even stronger. The the reason is, uh, is very simple. This is not, uh, um, for some acquisitions, uh, um, of course, what you describe selling out would be would not be the wrong way to describe. But in in this case, it's hundred percent about uh, business acceleration. There are so many things that we could not possibly do as a standalone company, but with uh, the backing of Webtoon and Naver, uh, there are certain things that we can do much faster, like comics and and uh, and animation and. It has been on our roadmap for for a few years, but we never got the chance to to even start thinking about this. And now, in one stroke, we have that capability, and vice versa. You know, um, mm-hmm. it's very bi-directional between uh, Webtoon and uh, and uh, Wattpad. So um, again, it's all about business acceleration, and uh, one very nice outcome of uh, business acceleration is. Uh, we have to hire more people. So this year is the fastest growing year in the company history in terms of number of employees. So uh, we are hiring faster than ever. So, so with obviously the growth trajectory of the company changes, um, does the growth trajectory of, of the Halifax office potentially accelerate now too to something bigger than you'd originally thought? Uh, there's a potential. It's still, still very early. You know, uh, we, well, we, we, we just closed the transaction like three weeks ago. So, uh, uh, um, the, 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 the truth is for any transaction of this scale, we might not have all the answers on day one or the first, even the first month. You know, uh, I use, uh, um, uh, 
marriage as uh, as an analogy you know we uh, we announced the transaction in january that means we just announced our engagement uh, uh, the wedding just happened we closed three weeks ago we just have a wedding um so uh please don't ask me how many kids we have or the middle <laughs> name of my second kid uh, those days will come we'll know the answer but uh, we, we we don't know all the answers yet but what we know is we will be a very very happy family and so far we are extremely happy with the progress of the of the merger uh and, and the two sides are integrating uh very well um i would um also say uh because of um the uh because of the pandemic you know in terms of hiring uh we were planning to have specific uh, positions for Halifax. And now because uh, everyone could work remotely, we we are almost becoming location agnostic. When we hire someone, I don't really care it's coming from Toronto or Halifax. As long as it's the best person we can possibly hire, uh, I don't really care where you sleep at night it has no relevance to how good uh, uh, your performance at work right when you think about this so i think uh it's a long way to to say um it's good for the halifax office in a way it's good for halifax because we uh we are one of the few companies uh having second quarter in Halifax, and hopefully we will start uh, a movement uh, and enable or encourage more people. So by being able to hiring people location and you know, kind of location agnostic uh, when when we come to hiring, so potentially uh, uh, we can uh, our progress could could be faster than than we we, we thought. Uh, but we we shall see. Right. <laughs> In, in just a couple of questions for you because I really appreciate the the time that you're you're giving me. Um, uh, with Halifax, obviously, you know the discussion in in uh, the smaller cities in Canada. This would be true of Western Canada, be true of some small Ontario towns, Atlantic Canadian cities, is finding the right people. Uh, it's talent attraction. Uh, how are you finding recruiting in Halifax for people that you need there? We 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 have been very very happy with the progress. Uh, I think we, we have done enough homework uh, before we uh, make a decision. You know, we, we talk to everyone uh, uh, in, uh, in the ecosystem, both, not just from a technology perspective, but talk to Dalhousie, for example, um, and other universities and, and, uh, and uh, um, understand it, the, the talent pipeline you know uh we we had a good uh guess of um how, how much uh, or how many people and the type of talents um uh and uh we have been we, we are very happy with the progress so far you know the, uh, the talent that we found find in in halifax is as good as in toronto and uh so uh from a quality perspective um no concern whatsoever uh the um it's a, a smaller city so in terms of quantity per, perhaps um not as many uh that's also a known known fact be, before we 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 uh we came here but at, at the same time um uh 
it's it is it's also not a tiny town with five thousand people, right? Half a million people is a lot of people. I don't need to hire half a million people, you know. I just need to hire a few hundred, you know. Uh, I should be able to find all the talents that that we want in in Halifax. And I suppose too, when you're hiring people that aren't from Halifax or Toronto, you now have kind of uh, some options here, right? You could choose the big city experience of the Toronto office, or you could choose the smaller city experience in, in, in Halifax, right? You, you basically mm -hmm. have two options. Yeah. And, uh, in fact, uh, uh, I would also say my, uh, our thesis work, um, was working out. We know some of the people living in Toronto was because only because of the job opportunities, but their heart is, is in a smaller city. So we, we actually have a couple of people who came from Atlantic provinces uh, and, and work for us in Toronto, now move back to Halifax or move back to Atlantic, uh, yeah. you know, the, uh, not necessarily originally com coming from Halifax, but from the Atlantic provinces and now living in Halifax, uh, very happily living in Halifax. So it's, it's the, Getting the best of both worlds, uh, uh, getting uh, uh, keeping the, the the job that they really love, and living in a city that they really love. Uh, what else can you ask for? No, exactly. It, it, now I know with um uh, with with Halifax, you have your 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 core operations, uh, but you also you know you also have uh, you know an ecosystem in Halifax. There's a lot of tech companies there. There are entertainment and production companies there. Uh, do you see other opportunities in, in Nova Scotia uh, in terms of some of your production work? Or is that a, a question of, uh, don't ask me how many kids uh, we're going to have? <laughs> uh, I guess it's uh, falls into, don't ask me how many kids uh, bucket for, for now. Um, uh, we, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we mainly work with, uh, in terms of production, we mainly work with our partners. And a lot of that decision is not entirely up to us. Uh, however, uh, as you can see the progress of the company, we started off as a mobile reading app, mainly for classic books uh, for the feature phones. That's our starting point. And 15 years later, we, we have apps on smartphone that you can read and write and comment and form a community and, and a fan base. We print books, we sell books in Indigo and Barnes and Noble and internationally as well. We make movies on five continents. It's a very different company. What we do, very different. We, we are a very progressive company and uh, I can guarantee you a year from now, it would be a different company. Two years from now, it would yet again a different company. I just don't know exactly operationally how that would look like. Uh, but if you think about long-term, definitely taking advantage of the um, strong talents in, uh, in the entertainment sector in Nova Scotia and Halifax, definitely one of the, the, the criteria or consideration when we decide the, the second headquarter. So we definitely want to take advantage of that at some point. When and how, uh, you know, uh, uh, can't tell you the middle name of my fourth kid in seven years yet, but that day will come. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, my 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 one last question, which which I have to ask, uh, you know, uh, of you, Alan, uh, because you you know you are the head of Wattpad, is what's on your reading list right now? Do you, what's on your bedside table, or do you have time to read? Uh, it's uh, increasingly challenging, uh, but I always make time to. Uh, to to read and uh, and uh, also write uh, on on Wattpad too. Um, um, the uh, uh, story that uh, I I I started, but I I didn't have time last year was set, like incredibly challenging in terms of managing the time. But um, this is one that I started to pick up as, uh, again. It's, uh, it's called She's With Me. Uh, it's a very popular story, and uh, Sony Pictures have uh, optioned that in development right now. I um, uh, want to turn this in, into in, into a movie. So um, uh, 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 I'm halfway through that story right now. And this story is on is on Wattpad. It's on Wattpad, yes. Yeah, and, and what what is it about? It's uh, uh, about uh, um, uh, it's a young adult romance story about a uh, 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 couple in in the university. Uh, but it's it, uh, it's good. It's uh, uh, some of the scenes are funny, and I can imagine uh, when it turns to like uh, theatrically, um, it, it will be a very good, uh, uh, very good uh, um, movie to to uh, TV show to to watch. I, I should say, not not movie, TV show to to watch. I can imagine that. <laughs> yeah, and I guess you don't you don't need to go to the local library or to the bookstore. You've got your reading list is right on your own platform. Yeah, it's uh, at my fingertips, and uh, I think that's the that's the beauty. Uh, not saying we uh, uh, against uh, going to to the library or physical library to to read uh, physical books. We, we we print books as well. We sell books in Indigo. We love that too. But uh, I think at the end of the day, um, human, we are all st- uh, storytelling creatures. Uh, but some. Uh, would consume their story uh, in like uh, through text-based content. Some would want to watch that. Some would want to read that. Some would want to listen to that. And some, you know, if you are uh, in into gaming, you want to play narrative games, and that's how you you uh, uh, um, uh, 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 that's how you become a fan of a of a story, right? Uh, we we want to be agnostic. That's why we, when you ask me how we describe describe our, ourselves, uh, when I explain the company, I say we are an entertainment company. Uh, so we we are a format agnostic. Uh, so we, we, as long as you, you enjoy story, we we want 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 to be with you. All right. Well, it's such a pleasure talking to you, Alan. Thank you very much. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. You've been listening to the latest episode of Home Office on the Huddle Podcast Network. Thanks, Alan, for the great chat. Huddle Home Office is produced by me, Mark Legere, and Sharice Letson. You can subscribe to the show on podcast platforms like Apple and Spotify. And if you've enjoyed listening, please recommend us to a friend. Talk to you next week.